Hey, I want to apologize up top for the delay in putting out episodes recently. It has been insane with uh, a lot of different changes going on. I, it doesn't mean I don't care about you guys. I know when you listen to a show and it doesn't come out, it can be frustrating. So I just want you to know we're working on making this a better thing rather than trickling off. Uh, one of the things that's been keeping me super busy and overwhelmed is Other Places Art Fair is going to be March 16th and 17th. It's been rescheduled due to rain. We're going to do a live taping on the 17th at 2 p.m., so come out and check us out if you want to participate. Uh, we might even have a Q&A session at the end, although we'll have to figure out how that works because I'm short on mics for that. But... We'll do something. And other than that, uh, today's guest, Nina Sarnelli, Sarnelli is going to uh, be showing at my booth. So she's going to describe at the end of the episode a little bit of what she's going to be doing, which is going to be fun. But come out, bring money because we got pieces for work. You know, if you want to collect something from some of the artists we've had, there are going to be some pretty uh, low-key uh, gets there. So... If you keep an eye out on whose careers are doing really well, you might jump on something that might, you know, in the end will be very worthwhile. Uh, I mean, not that it's not worthwhile, but you know what I'm saying. If you're one of these um, establishment types that buys art based on people's names and not on what you like, there's opportunities for you there too. So come out March 16th and 17th, five, uh, uh, noon to 5 and our live taping is going to be at 2 p.m. Uh, I'm really excited to do this live and be incredibly nervous. So that's going to be fun, too. Hope to see you guys there. March 16th, 17th. Bunch of artists, art for sale. Come check it out. Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm definitely most interested in the worthless areas. Yeah. yeah. In, in grad school I was I was also thinking about like art versus design or art versus theater or these various forms that um, are sort of basically more the structure is uh, more collaborative even if like cinema or theater is pretty hierarchical you just mm-hmm. don't make a film by yourself yeah, like yeah. in in terms of uh, the, the but there's still the star yeah sure there's absolutely higher hierarchical system which isn't something i was super interested i guess i was more interested in like this sort of difference between art and design in the sense that i felt like um or that that art was about the artist essentially always building the narrative of the artist this like single person yeah who is you know, at least in the old days, divinely inspired, but, but even still <laughs> now, I feel like there's a sense no. of like, you are a genius. The, uh, the great artist is a genius yeah, in yeah. some way. That's the, that's what the Ypres Love uh, Ted talk. Have you seen that one? Mm-mm. Oh, the, I, I, cause I, I mean, obviously this is not a new idea. She's referencing something that's mm-hmm. very, 
that comes from classical theory, but it sounds like that. This is how I first became aware of it. The woman I've never read Eat, Pray, Love. Love. I've heard very mixed reviews, so I'm not validating whether her art is great or not. I'm not endorsing it, but she did make a great point because what she was talking about, and not to finish the point that you were just finishing, but uh, but the uh, the idea that. What I think the next part of what you're saying, I'm finishing your sentence, so I feel like a real dick. No but <laughs> but um, the idea is now that we are the genius, whereas the old idea used to be that you channel the genius. Channel the genius, right? And the right. genius is, you know, and and uh, and that's why the muses are the muses sure. in classical. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, huh? Yeah, that's literature. interesting. I actually I hadn't really thought. Either way, to me, both of those seem sort of problematic to me in grad school versus the sort of collaborative model uh-huh. of I'm a thing in the world being influenced by all sorts of things and I'm working with other people towards the best possible object. Yeah. So, so I, I like the way that the collaborative structure placed the, um, the product above the artist. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, I mean, it was freeing in a lot of ways. I mean, even some really like sort of practical ways. It's a lot easier to like to uh, represent yourself as part of a collective in a weird yeah, yeah. way. You feel less egotistical just being like, look at what my collective did. You oh, know? yeah. No, um, and, and that's interesting you say that because I think that is also one of the main challenges of just coming to terms with the fact that you're an artist. Mm-hmm. Is like, it's like, do I have the balls to say that? You know? Totally. And so yeah. I've ne- that's not, that's that as an angle I've never heard someone approach it from mm. where it's like, Oh, I'm part of a collective, so it, I, I'm no longer just it's not like. Not about me anymore. It's not ego. Yeah, yeah driven. it's not about me. In yeah. fact, at times in these collaborative structures, we didn't even want people to know who we were. You know. Yeah. Um, so the idea was like we're going to make the best art possible, um, and that's what's going to drive our practice mm-hmm. um, versus sort of this like self-serving kind of narrative of like I I'm you know, uh, me, the artist with my name on everything is going to sort of like move through time and space and get better and better. It's just this idea that, that our work would get better and mm-hmm. not necessarily, um, attached to any one of us was really appealing to me. And I also thought at the time about like how I feel like at least in academic, at least in academia, within design, there was this idea that we all contribute, like that we're all working on this same kind of trajectory of some kind of, say we're interested in VR or something, you know, Mm. Um, we're all working in some kind of, uh, dialectic with each other, you know, some kind of dialogue, this conversation, we're all moving forward, um, versus the kind of, I think in art school, we're really taught um, that we're not supposed to do anything that anyone else has ever touched before, oh, you yeah. know, um, which is exhausting as problematic, a, fo- yeah. <laughs> you know, when you think about it, there was this moment and actually, it's just counter to postmodernism, right? Totally. And, and, and I, again, yeah, I feel like it really puts the emphasis on the artist again, yeah. outside of, um, in this idea of like full originality or innovation all the time. And that you know? goes into like problematic ideas that come from a very white, like uh, white male privilege sure. sort of, you know, yeah. uh, the idea of the artist as, as dependent on the patron and, mm-hmm. and, and like, and that may me being a person essentially that gets lifted up to prominence by the mm-hmm. uh, elite. By money. Yeah, yeah. By the, the mm-hmm. moneyed class, which is really like, uh, What's exciting, I think, now is that that is like it's a little bit more democratic, especially in LA. I mean, you see a lot of shit. Like, there's what, a lot of ways yeah, to be yeah, an artist now, yeah. and I think at the time in art school, I was kind of trying to define myself in opposition to this. What I still feel like is a pretty dominant 
model yeah, of yeah, yeah. people being lifted up in a certain way, you yeah. know, whether their dem- the dem- demographics of those people have changed a little bit. The system, I think, still works very similarly yeah. um, in terms of that. And, um, and at the time, I was also, I mean, this is, like you said at the beginning of our discussion, it really was a different time then. And oh, people were absolutely. less sensitive to, I remember being in classes and being frustrated with the way that my professor was like, I was in a sort of like theory class, but our, our professor who I, who I liked in a lot of ways, she was talking about like artists as if they were these kind of legends, yeah. you know? And it just really bothered me. It was like, I don't care what that guy was like. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, and it felt like it was always a guy. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so I, I was definitely like developing a little bit of like feminist, like anger and that's I think, healthy. in those, I, yeah. in those moments. And, and this also showed me a way out of that, you know, yeah. it showed me a different possible system. Um, so, so I did have a lot of like, I'd say somewhat valued judgment based, you know, um, but, but, ideas but I wouldn't stuff, dismiss but. that as invalid, you know, yeah, yeah, like, no, yeah, I, I think I that's, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think yeah. I had a lot of like very strong opinions about how I should be working in, um, uh, and I think that yeah. that happens in school. I think that that like, cause, sure. cause what ends up happening is that you end up in this, in this, uh, space where it's, it's almost like what you were saying about being in that studio and mm-hmm. it's overwhelming. And then the difference is that instead of being in the studio, you are interacting with people who maybe you don't agree with. You're yeah. just, you just, you know, like, um, you maybe think that like, uh, do you know who uh, David Alahugi is? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was just on, and he was saying that it took him a while to realize that um, that just because he likes someone's art doesn't mean that they're like you. Mm-hmm. You know, like just because you you appreciate someone's art, and so I think a lot of times people sign up for these programs, mm-hmm. they like the work, but then they meet the the. It's like the meeting your heroes sort of thing, sure. and it becomes these weird, you you know. Um, it it's like you're learning things from people that aren't necessarily because of the way tenure works and all of those things and not to like mm-hmm. just bash the whole system but sure. they may not be on the cutting edge it's sort of how like congress doesn't Absolutely. necessarily know how no, to legislate for the technology, <laughs> yeah. For yeah exactly <laughs> and yeah, so it becomes weird the, right the system it's built in yeah. yeah and then you have like lab techs that maybe know a little bit more totally very <laughs> uh, often but, yeah. Yeah, yeah because the they're junks ju- or whatever yeah. they're, they're really speaking your language and you're excited about it yeah, yeah. so so all of that like uh, that that's a really very like common and i mean not to trivialize your experience but oh. but i think that that's like something that a lot of people go through obviously mm-hmm. i think that there is something to be said for the fact that it takes recovery from grad school, from grad school. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, because it's like such a condensed uh all you're thinking about is this mm-hmm. and to maybe to the extent that you're not necessarily fully experiencing life <gasps> where your life is only about making artwork instead of like life being about other things. So, yeah. so it can be a very confusing thing where you're just like all of a sudden like, fuck, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, sense. and, and, and it is, but it isn't, it's, it's a good uh, practice to sort of get, cause it seems like you were on the right side of history as you were forming your, your opinions. I guess so. <laughs> yes. You sense. were, you in were like, sense. God yeah. damn it. I wish Trump would be president. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, 
Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think... Um, and there's always rebellion to the previous generation, right? Like, and people there's also tell- just rebellion to yourself. It's yes. like just always flip, flipping, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and it's interesting because I, I, at this time, I was building all this kind of rationale around why I needed to work collectively. But at the same time, I think I was weakening my confidence as a solo artist yeah, yeah. and like my identity. Um, and there is something to be said for that, whether regardless of the system, just on a personal level, mm. you know, when I decided I wanted to start a work, working solo, like last year, I guess about a year ago, um, working more solo, uh, I was pretty like freaked out by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized how much confidence I had lost essentially, or never had, because I basically had done this straight out of grad school when, and I didn't yeah. really consider myself an artist before grad school. So I think I basically developed with this, this I mean, it's almost like a marriage, you know, collective mm. work. It's like yeah. we had so many things. Um, we shared so much. Did you find yourself like asking yourself, what would this person think of this? Like, Absolutely. Yeah, that's, and it was that's also, a mindfuck. It, well, it, it's a mindfuck, but it was also like, I was sad that I didn't know. It's like I wanted oh, their, yeah. like I really wanted their approval, right? Like, yeah. I, like I had grown this kind of. Um, you're like super vulnerable. I really appreciate this. <laughs> this is like, like <laughs> you're just like yeah, because you're talking about like your practice in a way that I don't think anyone's gotten around to talking to about it. Maybe it's just okay. because of where you're at right I now. Mean, I talk, since I you're talk making about this trend time because of this year has been such a transition for me. But so was yeah. the 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 thing you did at OPAF was that uh, a solo thing? Yes. Okay. That was one of the yeah. One of the first. I didn't really. I was going to ask you, but then you brought it up. Like, when did you start working solo? Yeah. So this is pretty fresh. Yeah, it's pretty fresh. So I'm still working through it. 2012. So 2015, you were still in Pittsburgh. Then you did three years out. Yeah, 16. Yeah. 16, you came out here. You did three years collaboratively, and that would be the six years total. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it it sounds like you were you were mostly working with people from Pittsburgh as well. Uh, well, it was we were three people, one here and one in Pittsburgh. But did you meet the person here in Pittsburgh? Yeah, we all went to grad school. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We came out of grad school. So you made like a a cocoon to keep working on your your grad studies. So you just graduated last year. What the fuck? Relax. (laughs) You're doing fine. You're doing fine. Thirty-two. Just grad. Wait, thirty-three. I always forget how old I am. Ah! Oh, yeah, I'm 33, I think. I always ask my roommate. Um, she's the same <laughs> hey, when's my me. birthday? Steph, what's my birthday? Um, anyway, yeah, so so it's true. Like, I do, I did, I mean, you're joking about it, but I did really feel like I, like, kind of just came out of a program last year, yeah. which was actually quite frustrating because I'm like, I'm too old for this. Like, yeah, I feel yeah. like I worked through, I worked so hard to get where I am and now I'm sort of back somewhere. But of yeah. course, that's not true. I mean, I, I also learned an insane amount. And I would say from these people, learned more about myself than any other situation. We have a pretty similar way of yeah. beating each other, uh, ourselves up. Yeah, I, I get okay. the sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny. I feel like right now I'm really not beating myself up, so you should have seen me before. But, <laughs> but, no, yeah. I mean, you're telling the narrative of how you have beat yourself up. In it doesn't past. seem like you're yeah. you're in okay, the process. But I, but, I mean, that's the kind of thing that you work through. I, um, How do you feel, like, has, uh, you said you, you mentioned you were in therapy. I also am in therapy. I don't want to mm-hmm. put, like, talk about it and be like oh you weirdo tell me about it great i mean i would just i i stopped going i should i mean i i'm i'm happy i'm fine that i stopped going but i feel like everybody should be in therapy always i think it's like it's i i use it kind of like having a career coach except they're instead of just being some douchebag that you know is on instagram trying to to, like i actually had someone like who actually knows your history knows your i mean what's interesting is like knows your childhood knows your like i mean if you i was gonna get maybe even a little more vulnerable that's fine i'm down to go because i feel like um 
I really, I definitely, uh, well, I wanted to take a, take an example that is not from art. Um, because uh-huh. I feel like this was a moment that was pretty transformative for me actually. And it came more so out of therapy and, um, and conflict basically. So like having conflict with people in my life and then talking about in therapy and having some realizations, not that the therapist brought me, but that I brought myself, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean the therapist, that's kind of their job. They just, they just nod at you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I had a question, but go ahead. Never, I forgot it. Go ahead. Okay, sorry. Um, well, okay. Well, it's about questions, actually. I kind of alluded to it earlier a little bit, um, but there was this. Mo- I've had a couple people in my life um, complain that I don't ask them questions, um, like important people, like partners or like close friends or something like that. Um, uh-huh. And that it. And and then and well, I had a couple people complain in to me, but then I've also watched them complain in general about like not being asked about themselves. Okay. Um, or is this more like broadly, a, like other people, people not asking them questions. Is so, this like, an intimacy thing? Like, like how was your day kind of questions? Uh, or, no or, more. Uh, well, yeah, it was, it's like, uh, is the I, accusation sure that you you're being egocentric? Essentially. Okay. Yeah. The, the accusation is, do you actually care what happened to me today? You know what I mean? Mm. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and more broadly, I think it, it becomes kind of, I mean, you mentioned mansplaining, but mm-hmm. it becomes pretty gendered too in some of these so situations. Um, well, no, these, these are mostly women. Actually it's both though. Uh, also okay. a, a, a male partner, but, um, but, uh, I have, yeah, like one good friend who, you know, I'll see her, she'll like go on a, she would go on a date with someone and be like, he asked me nothing about myself. I don't yeah. care. I'm never going to talk to that guy again, you know? And I, and like just very harshly judging the person who doesn't. So, so it was either like a criticism of myself or me watching some, that interaction yeah. happening and be like, oh my God, is that me? Like, do I make somebody feel like that in, in an interaction if I didn't ask them about what their work is. Or is it a question of their expectations being a little out of whack? Well, it, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think, I don't know that there is an answer to that. Ignore me. No, <laughs> if I, I do I anything. I don't know. There is a perfect answer. I do think that like both of us, if I am in some time at some points, the person who talks too much and isn't asking questions and then say my friend person B is the one who feels like they're never being asked questions. I think we could both, move mm. toward in the other direction yeah. and be happier probably, you know? So you um, sound like someone who goes to therapy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's me trying to say it with no value judgment, yeah. but, but, but really what my actual experience is to be vulnerable. My actual experience is like, Oh my God, am I self-centered? Am yeah. I like, what kind of person does this make me? And it was, it was a very like pretty difficult thing to get through. Thank God for therapy, (laughs) I would say. Um, and the one thing that I think therapy actually really lent me to was this idea that not only there's a couple different things going on. I notice that I become more dominant in terms of the way I'm talking when I'm nervous, Uh which is interesting. I think a lot of people do the opposite thing. They become quiet when they're nervous. I kind of like, it's like a bit of a defense mechanism. It's like I switch into this like hyper adrenaline mode where Uh I'm like, I'm going to say all the things and I have less awareness. Right. So that's like that focused predator vision. Would you say you were a little nervous when you got here and started? Sure, not? I'm still okay. nervous. Okay, totally. Are you kidding? Because <laughs> I did notice you were like 
Fair. No, yeah, exactly. No, no, absolutely. And, and this, I was like, this is the perfect this is example. Be easy. <laughs> this, is, this is the perfect example because it would be situations like this yeah. with my collective where it would be like, you just talk the whole time. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, 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 you yeah, know? Yeah. And I'd be like, really? I'm Did a little I? bit like that too. And I, but yeah. I'd listen to a recording situations just like this, yeah. you know, like an interview, like that's recorded. I'd listen to a recording and I was like, Oh my God. Not only did I talk the whole time, but I actually sound nervous. Like I sound like a person who's doing exactly what's actually happening to me. Like I'm nervous and I'm reacting in that way. But that's not necessarily not charismatic or not charming, you know, as long as you're not like telling people like mean things or like shutting people down. There's, there's, of course there's less value than there needs. I've put more value judgment than there needs to be in a sense, but but for some reason, I you know, and then I was seeing that, and I was also thinking about these friends and their their whole kind of um, complaint about other people not asking them questions or not mm-hmm. seeming interested in what they had to say. And um, and what's interesting is like say so for my friend person B um, who would say stuff like that, I would always sit there and I'd think like like, but couldn't you have just said what you wanted to say? Like there there was yeah. this part of me that was just like. And, and I, and I realized, agree with that. I, I, I feel that I'm, I tend to side with that side of your, <laughs> but, it, but it's just like, we're just very different people and we were raised yeah. really differently. And yeah. this is where therapy came in. Cause I, I actually had this like real epiphany when I went and I, I went home and had dinner with my family mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, oh I have to compete. <laughs> Nobody asked anyone else a question the whole time you know and I was like okay and that was actually a really good moment for me it was like a bit of forgiveness to be like a I could take advice from my friend Mm -hmm. and like learn how to ask better questions um it's always going to be easier when I'm not nervous and I'm not like dialed up to 11 of course but um but also like this like I had that attitude that you just say what you want to say and just squeeze it in there because that's what I do with my family since I was a baby, you know? Um, and everybody kind of just barks out their little thing and it doesn't, it's not even clear that anyone's really listening to them. I mean, I'm, you can hear that I have judgment about this, right? Like, well, I mean, anytime we're talking about family stuff, (laughs) right? Exactly. Yeah. It's always critical. I mean, I, I think this was a real, a nice moment for me. Cause I also like, was like, actually, I really like conversations where I'm asking questions. Like I enjoy, I enjoy Push the mic a little bit away from me. Okay, sure. Yeah. There we go. I think that'll might might help. help. I think you may have moved a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess that was a kind of moment where I was like, well, I could do this differently. It takes training and I'm not going to say that I've like mastered it in any way. No, but but one of the things I I do, I'll say this about therapy. There's no practice that I have engaged in that has not been more beneficial to me than that. Like, I mean, I've, I've taken on meditation, I've taken on journaling and Mm -hmm. a bunch of different things, but there's really nothing like on a weekly basis checking in with somebody, which you're essentially checking in with yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not really checking in with a therapist. You go in and you start to, you know, instead of just having shit looping in your head, you get to put it out into space. And even though the therapist is not reacting, the fact that you're sharing it with Mm -hmm. somebody, you hear it differently. You're hearing it, exactly. You're like, oh, I just said that, you know? (laughs) You know? And and so for me, what I've learned is that I'm just really hard on myself, just in Mm -hmm. terms of like what we've talked about, uh, like specifically with family. Mm -hmm. I think my family is very creatively competitive, Mm. you know, because we're all in the creative arts, but, you know, and I think that there's a little bit of... um, of just this like dry wit, cutting wit that mm-hmm. like, 
I've tried to cut out of my life. You yeah. know, like I try not to surround with myself too much with people who like who like show love by like uh, you know like cut downs, cut downs, totally. and like yep. it wasn't that funny because it's yeah. like there's something really um, upsetting about that, and it's and it and it, it, it so like so one of the things that I have slowly realized over the years is that I'm real like I used to like longingly see people like at the beach you know with like a social circle I had a social circle at the time but I just kind of like projected like oh that's idyllic they look like they're not fighting they look like they're not like you know you're talking about just like people there with your friends or are you talking about like relationships right now no like people like a, a crew a, a crew social circle folks. Yeah, yeah not not like oh my god I wish I, I had a girlfriend couple, like yeah. that yeah yeah okay. no and and like now I realize like just through doing just through that intention and just through therapy and just like being like this relationship is not helping me this relationship is toxic you Mm -hmm. know so like so i totally relate to that process of like recognizing like holy shit like i do things that aren't helping that that i hate when people do them to me you know and 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 so it's it's so but when you have those realizations it's really hard to separate that value judgment Mm -hmm. like i think that one of the things that i realized that made me give up like that like um like i think in miami it was kind of very cool to be a little bit of a hater you know i had i had my miami friends and because there's like a lot of douchey shit that happens there and it's really easy to point it out sure you know and uh, um but then just realizing that like if i'm being cynical to everybody else or like i'm giving people shit like you know for like uh thinking that something is cool, you know, like just little snipey, unproductive things. If I'm doing that to other people, like there's no way, yeah, yeah, there's no way I'm not doing that internally. Mm. That's just my state of being. Ah, So like, you know, so it's really hard to like be a sarcastic asshole only to the external external (laughs) and not internalize that yourself, Mm. you know? So we never, that was not something that came up in my therapy, but I can definitely relate that to my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, but I think, and, and that was a pretty powerful realization. It's like, Oh, like it's a mind frame, Mm -hmm. you know, that I'm processing everything, including myself. And like, I just, I'm not happy with anything, you know? And it's also hard to like identify that thing, like, I don't know what your success rate is, but I find that I'm still, I still replicate these behavior. I still yeah. like have these moments where I'm, I'm like, man, I wish I had done that differently. I wish that I'd gone differently, yeah, you know? Definitely. Um, but it is, it certainly is progress. But in terms of like things that m- leave me with crippling regret, <laughs> the <laughs> number is ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Congratulations. That's amazing. And I hope that, I, I wish that upon everybody. Sure, sure. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, I wonder how that would relate to the whole, I I guess what what I wanted, I wanted to relate the thing that I was saying in terms of the, like, I also realized in this moment, like, I started to identify these same people who were frustrated with other people not asking them questions, like, I was started identifying this incredible skill that they had that I didn't mm. have in terms of asking good questions. Like yeah. it's not easy is <laughs> something that I learned. I mean, it's a real, and I think it actually is a type of improvisation, very similar to, you know, the kind of uh, stuff we were talking about at the beginning um, where you're able to sort of in real time immediately with often without like a whole lot of intervening thinking, mm-hmm. um, respond to something somebody said and ask a question that's going to further the discussion. Not how was your day, but like, 
you told me about blah and I'm going to like give me more detail of, of that story. And, yeah. yeah. And, and, and really engage. And, and I started to like recognize people in my life who were so good at asking questions and it became like this kind of like, like awe that I had, yeah. you know, like, like this skill that I felt like I didn't have. Um, and, and I do think that that's kind of where the sort of active and reactive came in, you know, yeah. like I had sort of maybe overdeveloped my active, maybe you'd call that charisma in some, like, if you want to think of it in a, a, a positive term for once, yeah. <laughs> which I usually don't, but I do think other people do often. Yeah. They're like, but you walk into a room and you just tell a great story yeah. or something. And people love that. But, you know? No, but I can totally relate to that. I, I have definitely had people tell me that they feel like run over exactly. because bulldozed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bulldozed. Exactly. And, 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 but also looking at those people to be fair to you, because I've come to terms with this myself, like, yeah. A lot of times those people don't know how to be assertive and they re have a similar respect for uh, it's it it falls into like a respect envy sort mm -hmm. of thing which is sort sure. of like what you're talking about like you respect it their ability to ask questions and sort of envied it and wanted to uh, assimilate it yeah i think um i think though if i could choose from things that i've learned through th from therapy if i could choose either being assertive and being able to communicate what well, I want or being, yeah, <laughs> or being passive. And, mm -hmm. you know, not to say that that's the case because these are people that are confronting you, mm -hmm. right? They're confronting you with like, hey, I don't feel like yeah. this is an equal thing. So that's yeah. actually a pretty assertive action on their part to take. But, um, but I have gotten into situations where like the relationship becomes toxic because they won't communicate that to me, mm -hmm. you know? Sure. So that's often the case, yeah. I think. And, and that's why I've often come to the discovery watching them criticize other people you yeah, know what I mean that it's not and necessarily entirely like, on you yeah yeah it's but, a give or and I'm take. like oh I do that too like I yeah. know like I know that you're just saying that about that person you went on a date with but I think I'm also that way and yeah. how does that make you feel and for me like and we never even have these conversations that's what's crazy it's like I'm having this whole conversation by myself yeah. you know thinking like um and I don't know I mean I it's I think it's been healthy for me. I don't think it has been like problematic and I don't think I'm beating myself up maybe even enough because I don't think I've changed enough as I, as I'd want to, but, but in a sense, like I do feel like the end result of me trying to actively engage, especially the, the actual people that I'm talking about, you uh -huh. know, and ask them more questions, um, and more in, engaged in like useful questions, I feel like has really, changed our relationships in a really good way yeah. you know like well, I'm and like that's that, that's that's yeah. a credit to them yeah where they were able to communicate something like um that's a well-adjusted person mm -hmm. right i think uh but and i would also say specifically about that example like if i went on a date with somebody and they didn't ask me a single question about yeah. myself I would also. <laughs> You'd also be like, that's it. That's yeah, our only I'm not. Date. I, I yeah. don't think that that's that harsh. I think that sure. it's, it's, it can, it's just not an, it's not an engaging interaction, right? There's no intimacy. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting though, because I think in watching, the more I watch my family, I see the rationale developed in the completely the other way. Like I also, I think 
earlier on when I, maybe one person had said this criticism to me, but I hadn't really considered it much. I remember this person watching them and being like, man, you're really grilling that guy. Yeah. Like you're going in there and you're asking so many questions. Just let him alone. Yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. making somebody uncomfortable. You're putting him on the spot. And, and so you can I, be actively questioning people. It's not just reactive, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I don't, and so if I had these moments, the person up. but I had this moment where I was like, okay, which, like what's actually going on here? Are they, are they like, are they like stroking this person's ego by being interested and asking good questions or are they actually making that person a little bit uncomfortable? And I, I honestly, I can't even tell you to date, like, which is the actual case, you know, but I have this, I guess from my family thinking about it, like my family doesn't talk about anything difficult ever. Mm. They do a lot of talking, but not about any of the hard stuff. And I think the rationale again is like, well, if they want to tell me, they'll tell me, mm. you know, that because that's the whole kind of mantra but that our you, communication is based on. You if know? you tell them, are they going to be uncomfortable or do, will they respond? Oh, they'll respond. In, yeah. in a sympathetic, like they'll listen. Yeah, or, they will okay. listen. Okay. Yeah. It's more, it's more just that we don't, I don't, I don't offer that, you know, mm-hmm. and it, when it's difficult, I think especially when it's difficult, like. Um, I mean, there's some really, I won't get too intimate because there's some really (laughs) glaring examples in my family of times that like, I could ask a question of my father, Mm -hmm. um, but I know it's going to be hard for him to answer. So I, I avoid this topic entirely, you know? Um, and so I think that that kind of mantra or that kind of way of being or, or behavioral, uh, system kind of has leaked over into the rest of my life as all family stuff does. Right. Mm. Um, and, uh, has made me often like think like, Oh, well, if that person wants to talk about something, they're going to bring it up Mm. and then maybe I'll like be, I'm interested in it, you Mm. know, but I'm not going to like ask them. Um, like, uh, yeah. So like, so in some cases, it's, it's, you would, perceive it as you would feel like you were prying exactly while this we're, person wants, wants you to pry that. exactly they want that invasion but and, and i but, and i think that essentially what they're communicating is like hey i think we have a relationship of this level you shouldn't necessarily feel like that or just like this is my communication style i'm yeah. not going to offer it unless you ask for it yeah, like yeah. that's kind of like that's the ba- that's the kind of convers- candid conversation that could just really help you know yeah, but yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. never going to have with somebody or no well rarely. i mean it can um, be pretty helpful to have it. I think yeah. I think that as you I, or as I get older, I've, I'm finding like back to that example of the the idyllic I you know social circle that I saw on the beach. Yeah. I mean you know the uh, I find myself in the middle of a, of a situation where it's like like I've had to have conversations with people about race that that mm. that like that did things that made me uncomfortable, sure. and we've able been able to work through those things. You know like it's uh, it really is. I think that there was a time where I just didn't, I couldn't imagine those people existed, Mm. you know, like that, that people that were actually supportive. And I think that that's something that's very unique about the art community where we're sort of, we kind of all maybe a little bubble. Yeah. And, and, and we come from families that maybe don't quite understand where we're coming Mm, from, even though they're supportive in some cases, Mm -hmm. in other cases they're not. And I think that like, for example, we check in on each other a lot. There's a lot of mental health concerns, you know, like there's an understanding that it's a sensitive community. And so the more and more I like, you know, become friends with people in, in the art world, the more I find people that are like sort of in the same place, like, 
hey, I just want people to treat me nice and be treated nice. And like mm-hmm. the, the, the details can be negotiated, right? Sure. Like, well, oh, hey, I appreciate you telling me that you, uh, that you feel this way. Like, I didn't at all mean it that way. This is just kind of how where I'm coming from, you know, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, no, I guess it's a, it's a privilege of, of the community that we're in. But um, yeah. Because whereas I think if you're like in a, room like you know let's say you're a stockbroker <laughs> yeah it's hard to get yourself out and it's hard to like imagine what how the culture might be different you yeah know? but that's the thing like i think that it's a weirdly collaboratively competitive mm-hmm. like like uh community right where where people you want to find your people and to some degree you're all sort of competing ish but then you're also helping each other out, right? Because like, maybe I'm not right for a show, but I know somebody who is, is, you should go have a studio visit with them. And the more you do that for other people, the The more, more the more it comes back. And so, so there's like, it's not, I think that people think of the art world as like cutthroat and competitive Mm -hmm. and it's, just not just like, doesn't feel that way for yeah, sure yeah, it, it, you know like yeah. once it, even even with like the different hierarchies i mean there's people that like show at different venues that interact with us and we're not necessarily showing at that level right mm-hmm. like it Absolutely, and, yeah. and it does it's not like a, a thing where like oh i'm i show at this gallery i can't talk to you sure, sure, sure. yeah <laughs> you know everybody's always language. yeah everybody's yeah. always looking for ways to help each other out because mm-hmm. helping someone else out helps you out Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it, it is a, it is nice to be in this healthy community or I do feel like maybe there's a lot more of us that go to therapy. Not everybody talks sure. about it, but yeah. like we've had to, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, that makes and sense. so, yeah. Um, yeah. Anything you'd like to add? Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to talk about really, but, um, What are you getting into? You said you had you were going to Echo Park. Oh, I'm gonna go to. Is this on the recording? That's funny. Um, I was gonna go to uh, Asha Bukajemski's. Uh, do you know her? She no. has these screenings at her house. Um, is this parlor? Uh, it's called Marathon Screenings. Oh no! Okay. So it's uh, my friend Shaga Ariana. She went to Callard's. Um, she is screening tonight. So oh, yeah, okay. it's just like at a person's house, but. Yeah, because cool. uh, yeah. Yoshi Sakai is doing Yoshie, Yoshie is doing something tonight that I like. It's actually happening ah. kind of right now. Where is that? Uh, at Parlor. That's why I was oh. like. But there was a whole bunch of other things. That's what uh, happening. Cool. And it's another house venue. She's doing tarot card readings. Oh, nice. Oh, awesome. my! I I got my tarot card read on the second episode of the. Oh yeah. <laughs> and like, I can't wait to ha- to have it dropped, because it's like I'm like whoa man <laughs> just uh, completely you got really into it. <laughs> yeah my mind That's is entirely right. blown <laughs> that's so good Aww, awesome i'm glad she was able to do that yeah that's cool yeah i mean i feel like that's kind of what i was meaning to say i mean i had a little bit about yeah. more about the collaborative art practice but i think we kind of covered it really um let me see well, where are you headed? Where, where do you think that you're headed with your solo practice? Um, are oh, you... well, that's a good, that's a good, that kind of segues into what it is because essentially I was sort of like, okay, well, if I strip away this ideology I've built around myself that mm. like a collaborative practice is just better, you know, yeah, yeah. then what, <laughs> <laughs> um, what am I left with? Um, and like, as you said, I think you stated well with the, the improvisation of drawing, mm. I think it's essentially shifting focus towards 
like, what do I react to from the world, from the materials I'm working with? How do I think of a studio as like a safe space instead of a? So are you thinking of getting a studio? I I've had one for a little while. I mean, my. I'd say my practice just, it's really project-based. And this Mm. was the case with the collective too, where it's like for like three months, I really need a studio because I'm like working on making objects for something. Um, But But then then I have long periods of time where I'm mostly sitting at a desk. Uh um, And then it feels silly to be in a studio that's just not as comfortable as my house basically because I have a nice like office sort of situation there. Um, So I've kind of drifted in and out of studio, but I do think I've helped so i've rented studios for like shorter periods of time this year but not like continuously um so we're not gonna find you like in a massive bendix building venue <laughs> have you seen the the studios that they have there oh no they, I they range in, in size uh, the, uh my friend jamie hamilton has one that's fucking massive it's bigger Crazy. than some of the galleries in there wow and like and i think that he moved in Sweet. right before it, no? i don't know i think he might be grandfathered in on a price or something because cool. like yeah Cause that Damn. place, like I, he moved in and then it just blew, blew up, up. Yeah. like crazy. And so it, it's, it's, funny, it's pretty huh? fun. Cool. But I definitely, uh, you know, I think the other reason that I tied a lot of what you were talking about into drawing practice mm-hmm. is because I think that that is one of the most overwhelming, um, things. Like, I think if you're collaborating with some, somebody, even though, you know, like it, based on what you've described of the situation, you know what's going to fly and what's not going to fly, right? Mm-hmm. So you're already, if you're pitching something to this group, you're already working off of That's a set of, yeah. of, and off of a set of parameters, mm-hmm. right? That are maybe intuitive because you know what this, what they are, it, maybe they're not stated. Like, oh, we're never going to do a piece about this, but you can but sort you of get a what sense. they're into, yeah. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. not going to, they're going to think this is a heavy handed or yeah. some shit like that. Six years. You look get to know people pretty well yeah. in six years. Yeah. And so what I would say, the analogy like the analogy i would use is that like a white page when you're drawing Mm -hmm. it can be fucking anything exactly and like the variety of things that you can do with it you can make it 2d you can make it look 3d you can you know the difficulty like when i get really going when i'm hot on drawing is when i have parameters that make me they're not even like they can just be completely arbitrary like right now i'm just doing this, these very basic drawings that like end up being something else. But, um, but I think the times where I am mo- at like most uneasy are the times when I don't have a set of parameters to work yeah, with. Absolutely. So, so I think that like, I totally relate to that in it, to what you were saying. Structure. In, yeah. yeah. Structure for improv. Just what we were talking about with viewpoints. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so, so just like working from that, I think that is the challenge of working alone that you're maybe confronting, which is the idea of like, now I... Impose my own structure. Yeah, Yeah, I need to make a framework. And then that is the fucking thing that's a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Because that's the part where you shit on everything. (laughs) When you're deciding the variables, that's where it's all garbage it's not until you fucking popping (laughs) and you have those established that you're like starting to feel it but like that that is like the most unsettling moment where you're like it's funny yeah it's funny because on the one hand you can be extremely critical in that moment but then when i think about like how hard it was to get an idea through the wall of the collective yeah i i'm like no 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 that's the place that's hard i'm like no that's the shit storm like nothing passes you know it's like to get us all three to agree on something i mean in in a sense i was like oh maybe the best ideas float to the top we just Uh keep going until we have the best idea but then i also think like 
is there a best idea? And are we also like chopping things off before that, they before get they're developed? Formed, yeah. You know, and I would definitely say that that's probably the case. Yeah. And that's what you're like exploring right now. And then the other thing is that like, um, it would be like what comedians say about being a stand-up comic versus being an improv comic where mm-hmm. like if you're a stand-up your jokes live or die and you're by yourself and all you're responsible for everything yep. right yep. So whereas like there's yeah, maybe we all didn't work that much you know or like yeah. maybe we didn't care about it enough if, if it's a collective like you guys all uh, succeed or fail together yeah which uh it's a nice feeling, I have to yeah. say. It really is, and and I miss it. And I miss. I also miss. I'm so I miss some like very um, basic practical things, like uh-huh. the one um, that I was saying before about being able to represent the group instead of representing myself all the time. I just felt better about mm. it. It felt like more organic and um, easier for me to do. Really, to say like I'm a member of this collective. Look at our work, you know, yeah. instead of like. Can I put you in my newsletter or something? I don't know what. <laughs> well, but, I think um, the way that you're pitching both, like, <laughs> one is a stronger pitch, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and then the other one has a silly voice. <laughs> Hard to take that one okay, seriously. Fine. I don't always use that voice, but um, <laughs> but then there was also like um, you've kind of alluded to like I I call it the roller coaster of like. Um, when you're making work, the way you feel about the work that you're making in the process of like one discrete project, for instance, Uh like love it at the very beginning, hate it pretty soon after that, like maybe with enough caffeine, love it again for a little while, like hate it. I feel like I have that pretty strong, you know, um, and I swing pretty wide on my (laughs) roller coaster. uh, When you say you have it pretty strong, you feel like you've got a handle on it while it happens. No, no, the opposite. No, I feel like I've got got a case of the roller coaster, a strong (laughs) case of the roller coaster. Well, no, it's a pretty Um, big, it's a pretty big undertaking. I mean, it's, it's a legitimate thing to be stressed out about. And and it's something I totally. Self-criticality too, which I think is value. It's a value. It's like, just like self-motivation. Like if, if, if you're not feeling uncertain you don't have someone else to be like no no it's still a good idea. like if you're feeling like shit and someone else is feeling hot then you guys can all pull, each, pull other, each other right yeah but now you have to pull push through that yeah. by yourself which is totally. tough yeah yeah and, and that's we like had, i think especially in the way that our collective was organized like there was one uh, one member who is just way less roller coaster. Uh-huh. Like two of us, we had these giant dips, and then he <laughs> he was just kind of like you know Mr. moving Steady along, pants. and that was so nice because yeah. I really like times when I would have been like, oh, we have to do this video shoot today. I'm worried about it. I'm procrastinating. I don't want to do it. I, mm. I think if I had been solo in those moments, I really would have procrastinated and put it off. And yeah. he'd be like, no, we said we're doing it today. Like, just come, yeah. just get over here. We're doing it now. Like, yeah. this is what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I just like, I miss that. I definitely miss that kind well, of like, this is maybe, out my, <laughs> this show is maybe like the most collaborative thing I've ever done. Uh, like, and it's nice because it's like a new person every time sure, <laughs> and it's my house. Yeah. So. <laughs> So if if that tells you how much control I still need over my collabs, no. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it does. I it has been. In fact, it has helped me to do this as part of my practice. It helps me. First of all, it helps me come up, get the fuck out of my own space. Mm-hmm. You know, because since I don't like people come and talk to me about whatever they want. All kinds of crazy it's, stuff, yeah. It's like, it, 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 like, I just keep incorporating things rather than if I just kept rating the thing that I was interested in, uh-huh. you yeah. know, like, and just kept going down that rabbit hole. But the other thing is that, like, that, that, um, that appointment part of it where, like, hey, at three o'clock, 
I'm recording with someone. Yeah, I'm doing this, you know? Exactly. And I'm doing it regularly enough now. Like this weekend I did two recordings. Last weekend I did two recordings. Mm -hmm. And and it's like it's starting to feel like a lot. Like a job, which I like. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because you gotta stick to it and yeah. Yeah, and 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 there's a reward to it and there's a structure to it and there's something like, you know, like um like I'm basically just here to play, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're you you're essentially bringing me these ideas, and 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 I'm I get to have fun with them mm-hmm. and try to like interpret them. But but yeah, like that's been my experience. Like collaboration is is actually something that I would give you a lot of props for because it is not easy to mm-hmm. sort of work by committee and work uh, sure. work yeah. in association. You know, like and um, and figure out what your strengths are and what someone else's strengths are that's like that is a valuable skill and i think that like you know if you're a young artist and you have to choose one way to go first you've probably gotten a lot out of the collaborative mindset that helps you in terms of self-promotion and things like Mm. that which a lot of artists that are maybe on the focused end like on the predator side Mm -hmm. where um they maybe get so focused on their practice that they forget that like it's communication with an audience. And if they don't seek out that audience, sure. they're, they're only finishing part of the equation, right? They're, totally. they're only kind of making art. They're making private art or, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, they're obviously their own audience, but is that, yeah, is that a real test of how effective it is at communicating if you're giving yourself references and shit yeah. like that, you know? Sure. So, so it's, it's pretty interesting. Like, and, and like, you know, not that I have the power to ease your mind, but I would say like, it's fair to give yourself credit for like, for that. And, 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 um, as you venture off into this new (laughs) stage of your practice, I would, I would be like, yo, (laughs) you're doing fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good end end line, I think. Okay. Yeah, no, we can definitely end You're doing fine. (laughs) You're definitely doing fine. You're doing fine. I don't think anyone's worried about how you're going to turn out. No. (laughs) Career wise. Turn out. (laughs) That's such a, I don't know. Like, where am I going to turn out? Like, where am I going to dinner? Well, you know what? I had I I had somebody step like just sweep into my life for like a month. Yeah. That really was like that was maybe one of the first like collaborative experiences uh, where we didn't actually make art, but like I felt seen by someone where they were like, "Yo, I totally get what you're about," and she mm-hmm. like really, um, you know, like it does help to have that external validation sometimes. You yeah. Know? And it and it's super super important. So so like. Yeah, <laughs> I would say that it's funny to think that you're 33, but like what this person made me realize is that like even when I was like yeah, 36, sure. I was like I still had like insane potential. <laughs> you know, I have so much potential. <laughs> but That's you really still good. do, but it's such a thing that like you think, oh, potential's for children, right? Yeah, but sure, like sure. We're we don't have kids. We're always growing and changing <laughs> and we're also artists, so we don't have to like ascribe to a really specific career path like of success there is no obvious trajectory of like lineage of how you're gonna change over time yeah it's pretty open-ended in that way i think compared to most careers yeah (laughs) if you call it a career i think i I would say it's a career you can own that (laughs) i mean it's funny because collaboratively i'm giving you permission (laughs) before and then i was like "Ah, i don't really want to go on that tangent but when you're like i couldn't never work in advertising i was like I work in advertising. Oh, you do? (laughs) 
Yeah. Okay. Um, but for me, it's like this parallel, like secret career and it has yeah. nothing to do with my art practice. No, I know a lot feels, of people, a lot of people yeah. that do, I just don't, I, ju- I just can't translate, yeah. you know, and you like were also my, talking about like, I can't make my, I can't make drawings as advertising or I can't do the same. I couldn't, I can't do graphic yeah. design, which yeah, is what yeah. people expect me to do. Uh, I don't know what you, I don't know if you like, what do you, are, are you a graphic designer? Uh, a little bit. I do. But, but to me, it's just a completely, it's like I'm using the same technical skills, but it's but a different nothing world. else about it is. Thank you for anything. validating. You tell yeah. my dad, he listens sometimes. Yeah. There's <laughs> nothing else in common. I mean, I'm basically <laughs> in it. And what's interesting about it is, is being able to, to place I mean, something that it can be actually quite, um, what's the word? Uh, uh, it can be kind of nice, like an escape. I, I, not usually, I mean, I, I fucking hate my job or (laughs) I hate having jobs. I hate that kind of work entirely, but there's something nice sometimes about not having to be creative and not having to like, but what did you just say right there? Not having to be creative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 There's something really kind of, um, I mean, it's easy in a sense. And, and the whole idea of that, like, this isn't mine, you yeah. know, that I'm, I'm just, st- I step outside of myself. I'm just trying to please someone else. Yes. That's design essentially to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that I'm identifying problems that someone has and I'm trying to solve them. And that's is that it. What, you, what did you do for your BFA? Uh, I did a BA at Oberlin College, which was like film and poetry. Okay. But I, I've thought a lot so about So your MFA design. was actually more practical. Yeah, my MFA was really like, Pragmatic. Here's, here's art. Like, yeah, like yeah. learn something about art, maybe. You yeah, know, yeah. like I had nothing going into my MFA in yeah. terms of like the art world um, and the specificity of that. But, um, but yeah, I thought, I've thought a lot about the, the difference between art and design more so in this kind of discussion that we've uh-huh. had like thinking about like the way a design team tackles a sort of creative problem mm-hmm. um and the goal is to solve the problem or or to like sort of further a discussion but it is like at base it's collaborative by default it's collaborative in yeah, a yeah. sense you know um and there's no who designed i mean of course it's not totally true there's designers and there's like lots of different aspects to design but there was there was a moment that was interesting to me i i did a I visited, um, the design program at, um, art center, um, Uh and was talking to a professor there. Um, you studied there as well? No, I just was there. We were there like meeting with, um, I think the head of the design department Mm -hmm. for some reason. I don't remember why. Um, but what she, she talked about this exhibition that they did every year that I thought was it was pretty interesting to me because essentially they would identify the idea was they would identify like the zeitgeist of this, the class that year. Mm -hmm. Um, so like say everyone's into like selfies this year or something, you know, in the Um, particular class, not, not a broader cultural thing. Uh, yeah, no, in the class of students that they were working with. And instead of trying to stamp that out of them, which I think is what the art program would have done is like, like, you know, this is cliche. Everyone else is doing it. Look, Tim over there is doing it right now. Like, why yeah. are you doing this? Um, they would organize an exhibition around that theme, um, That's with like, yeah. yeah, with big artists and designers, you know, famous people that you have heard of and that you'd bring, they'd bring these works that were related to that into the gallery for the students to sort of work through mm-hmm. and, um, as an exhibition. And I was like, wow, how fucking refreshing. Like the yeah. idea what that we should, this that was, was at just Art the, Yeah, Art Center design program. Okay. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool because like, I, I it, that's 
I don't really know. I know it has a reputation. I don't really know about how they do that. That's the first thing I hear about them, and I'm like, oh, that's actually. I kind of wish our programs did that. Well, what we uh, I've talked I talked a lot with uh, David uh, Alahugi about mm. how it's almost like a, a systematic thing that MFAs um, celebrate suffering a, as a necessary mm. part of practice, and I think mm. that a lot of the like crit. a lot of the things yeah. that you were talking about, like well, no, I mean separate from the crit, I mm. think they like glorify, and I think that that's a very white male centric, like sure. you know, idea of how. Um, you know, genius goes in a hole for a year and, and suffering this and, and, thing and, all and on art its is own. pain and yeah. all of that yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and stuff like that. But what, um, but yeah, what I, well, I lost my place, but I think we should end. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, and, and this to me was like the opposite of artists suffering, like this experience yeah. in these classes where it feels like things are just flowing through you. And I, it has, it's like, it's almost, it's spontaneous and fun. And I mean, you've mentioned a couple of times, like getting in the, the the groove or something yeah. I don't remember what the actual word you said but but where like it's fat like to me like when art any kind of art practice is working it's usually fast and fun yeah. and exciting and yes. when and, you know when it's hard work not to say we shouldn't do hard work um, but if that's the only thing there I I personally would re-examine my practice because yeah. I want to feel these like exciting sort of momentums that, what that I usually would say, tells me things are working what I would say is that the distinction is that life is is the pain and and <laughs> and, and, and and the art is the healing right uh, like because nice. yeah you know, like, I mean, I, actually, I, that's like the most contrite, coin, nice. you know, <laughs> I believe in, that. Uh, in super, like, not, to, uh, not profound thing I've said, but well, the yeah. idea that like, that like suffering is automatic, suffering is going to happen sure. because that's how life happens. Absolutely. And then, and I would say, I would say that like, you know, since we've been talking about therapy, it is a therapeutic practice and, sure. and, and it, it pain may come up, but if the objective of the practice is to cause, to cause pain. yourself pain so yeah. that you can be creative, then that doesn't seem to yeah, work for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, totally. th I don't necessarily think that that's yeah, like pretty old fashioned. Yeah. yeah. Too. But anyway, thank you so much yeah, for coming thank here. You. This was thank really refreshing. Ran. Um, oh, and do you have anything you'd like to plug? Oh, plug. I've been doing this long enough that I remember to do that at the end. Plug. Um, not really. I mean, I just did a, a big performance in LA, but I don't have anything scheduled here for a little while. I'm doing a show in, um, that's what you mean by plug, like yeah. things you're doing, right? Okay. And, like, and social, off on this. social media as well. Um, so what do you mean? Sorry. Like what's your social media account? Oh, at oh yeah. You can follow me at Nina Zarnelli <laughs> on Instagram. Um, yeah. No, I don't no, really. Take yourself seriously on the second one. <laughs> sorry. Wait, no. I There's know. that voice. I can't do that. I can't do it. Yeah. I mean, you can sign up for my newsletter if you email me that's probably the best way to know what i'm actually doing and what's at your a given email moment. oh come on really okay I, come on this is it's, this is definitely my responsibility right, to pull right, this right, out right. of you it's we're collaborating sorry. i'm making you promote <laughs> I'm so yourself bad at this right now. it was so easy when i was the institute um, my email is my first initial and my last name at gmail and okay. certainly at gmail.com um but yeah so if you'd like to be on my mailing list i would happily happily add you but yeah i'm not really doing anything confirmed in la in right now but i'm doing um uh i'm pl planning a show in oregon mm -hmm. in uh february and then i'm probably going to organize a performance tour on my drive up there so nice. i'm working those are the things i'm like really gunning at right now um, are you uh are you gonna be 
in town for OPAF? Oh, yeah. Well, then that's another thing. I can't really say anything about this because it doesn't really exist yet, but I started a project there that you saw, uh-huh. um, and uh, and I've been working on it ever since. In fact, I was working on it before coming here. Okay. <laughs> um, so it had a performance, little performance life there, but it got me on this like long research kick. Mm-hmm. Go, keep it down. Um, <laughs> it got me on this long sort of research thing that has led to a, an enormous amount of video footage, and I'm, essentially I'm going to make a video out of it um, that is related to that performance but doesn't have, like, footage of the performance in it. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, But it's a performance about, essentially, about this kind of conflated history of um, basketball sneaker design. (laughs) And uh, You should look into David Alhugi's work. Oh, yeah, okay. Actually, maybe listen to that episode because it's coming out and it's all about branding. Oh, interesting. And he's thought a lot about this kind of stuff. Yeah, well, it started at that, at the, it came from the site that OPAF was at last yeah. year. And essentially this, like, uh, right next to where we were, there's this basketball court where they shoot all these commercials um, and music videos because it looks like you're sort of flying mm-hmm. um, when you're, because it's like at the edge of a precipice, you know, oh, it's like with cool. this beautiful view of the ocean. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I it, the whole the whole video sort of revolves around that site. And um, so that site was also... Uh, Fort MacArthur, uh-huh. where OPAF was, was a, a Nike missile defense uh, site where they yeah. were essentially, you know, could shoot down Soviet missiles, right, to defend us from um, ICBMs Nukes, yeah. or whatever. Um, and and sort of placing that in the current context, at least when I started this project, I was thinking about... Intercontinental ballistic basketballs? Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, it's you're not too far off. I mean, it's basically thinking about, like, the sort of elements within this sort of shared Nike goddess of victory, the, the shoes, Mm. the, um, the brand and the, uh, the defense system essentially. Um, Mm. and conflating this sort of history of basketball, um, celebrity to some extent. And, Uh um, and this sort of, uh, I guess, uh, what do you call, I wasn't prepared to talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Um, I guess the, the sort of military industrial complex, essentially, <laughs> let's say, um, because also on that site is the Korean Bell of Friendship, you might know. So it has that's the one to that's do. the one that's in the uh, the uh, pedophiles movie. What's his name? Uh, Usual Suspects. Yes, it yeah, is okay. in the pedophiles movie. That's, that's, his, that's his name. Yes, now. it is in the background of that. And, and I did a lot of research of what has been filmed on that site. So I have yeah. that that footage with a ton of other stuff. Um, I but, really yeah. actually that's one of the things where, where I, I liked I remember that there's a scene right outside of that thing where they're like, everything goes wrong and mm. like, and, and they have the confrontation with the guy, their contact. Right. And then they go, the weather said it's raining in New York. And I was like, and, and for some reason that always stuck with me. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, weird. I don't remember that. Didn't stick with yeah. me. But yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So essentially I'd like to finish. My goal is to finish this video by the uh-huh. time OPAF happens and to at some time around that time, like a year after I started it, do a screening at that site. But okay. I have no pl- like this is completely not an existent plan yet. I don't. Yeah, even you've know made how to it manifest that. on the show. Now it's gonna happen. <laughs> now it has to happen in yeah. some way or another. Everybody, we'll see. people are gonna have the expectations now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm interested in these sort of like site specific performances that engage a landscape in mm. some way. So I think it would be. Rad. It's a pretty rad landscape too. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah, and people come there. I mean, it's like it's a con- it's a place that people go at sunset. So it'd be really awesome to have a screening, oh. like, like people go to watch the sunset essentially. Cause yeah, it's so yeah. beautiful. I, I, I'd love to have a screening like right after a sunset there. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
we'll see. But that takes a lot of, you know, equipment and maybe a permit and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. So we'll see about that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming. Cool. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, well, you're always invited back. I, I it's, uh, If you ever have I a topic, that. you can just hit me up. Oh, that's or sweet. Uh, if I have a topic that I think is relevant to you that I'm going to uh, present, I'll invite you back. Cool. Sound awesome. Good? This was fun. Yeah. Right. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.